David grieves the death of Saul and his sons in battle. He composes a lament over their death and the defeat of Israel. A reading from the second book of Samuel. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, David remained two days in Ziklag. David intoned his lamentation over Saul and his son Jonathan. He ordered that the song of the bow be taught to the people of Judah. It is written in the book of Jashar. He said, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain upon your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exult. You mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor bounteous fields. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, anointed with oil no more. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, nor the sword of Saul return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely. In life and in death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson and luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Please stand as we sing together Psalm 130, found on page 4 of the worship leaflet. Paul exhorts those who follow Jesus to excel in all things, particularly in generosity to those in need. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, 
in utmost eagerness and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this is a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Be to God. Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. And one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the, leader, to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Jesus allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? 
The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside, took the child's mother, father and mother and those who were with him, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kom, which means, Little girl, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was twelve years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Holy Spirit of God, by your loving presence, make my words your word to us so that all that we hear and receive is of you. And all to the glory of God whom we've come to know and call Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I love this passage from Mark's Gospel and always have. There's so much here. I'm going to speak to some of those things this morning. First, there is an immediacy about the Gospel. Immediately the woman's hemorrhage stopped. And she felt in her body, knew in her body that she was healed. Immediately aware that power had gone from him, Jesus asked, Who touched my clothes? Immediately the little girl got up. There was no delay in these actions. It was on the spot, direct, active involvement. Jesus was people people touched by him. Immediacy is an important word. A leader of the synagogue, a rabbi, came to Jesus, knelt before him and begged. Why would the leader of a synagogue kneel before Jesus and beg? Because he was at his end. He could do nothing more for his daughter that had been done. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if you've ever had a child sickened unto death and die, you know what this father was going through when he went to Jesus and after he received the word that she had died. You've been there. You know that. You know what this father in this story was going through. He would be wounded in heart and soul in ways that only a parent who loses a child can be wounded. He comes to Jesus and begs. Word of Jesus had spread. He had healed the sick in many towns. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, the lame could walk. Lepers were cleansed. Paralytics were forgiven of their sins. They knew of Jesus and what he had done and Jairus comes to him because that's the, not the last thing he can do but now the best thing that he can do. Come and lay your hands on my daughter that she may be made well and live. Jesus goes. Almost goes. But the crowd presses in on him and he feels power going from him. A woman who had had an issue of blood hemorrhaging been hemorrhaging for 12 years, had done everything that she could do. She had spent a fortune on physicians and had been to many. 
to no avail. She wasn't better. She was worse than ever before. What would you do if you had a chronic illness for 12 years and didn't get better but worse? Who tell me, what would you do? You'd get another doctor. You'd keep on trying. This woman had tried all that she could. She went to Jesus, also having heard about what he had done for others, things that had never been done before. And she reached out and just touched his clothes. And immediately power went forth from him. She knew that she was healed. He knew that something had happened. Someone had touched him in a different way. <laughs> yes, the crowds were pressing in on him, but it didn't it wasn't the same kind of a touch. This touch, her touch, was different. And she felt he felt power going forth from him and asked, Who touched me? The disciples were amazed. A lot of people are touching you. Why do you ask that question? The woman is fearful. She's afraid. She comes forth and tells the whole truth. She doesn't hide anything. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Your confidence that I could do something for you has made you well. Go in peace. It's the same thing that Jesus said last week in our gospel when he stilled the storm calm the wind and the seas when his disciples were so fearful. Peace, be still. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Jesus stills the storm. He stills this woman's storm. I had not caught on to one thing in this gospel until this morning between the 8 o'clock service and this. She had had a hemorrhage for 12 years. The little girl that he would go to was 12 years old. I don't yet know what 12 means. I'm going to have to look that up, but it means a long time. A very long time. While Jesus is still speaking to this woman, servants from the house of Jairus come and say, don't trouble the teacher anymore. Your child is dead. Now, don't think they didn't understand what death was about. They did. They were all too familiar with it. It was no stranger to them, as it's no stranger to us. They knew that the child was dead. And they came and reported that. Again, I can imagine the piercing of Jairus' heart at that point in time. His beloved was dead. Jesus turns to Jairus. He goes with on with Jairus. They hear weeping and wailing in the, in the house. And Jesus says, why are you weeping? Why are you wailing so, grieving so? The child is not dead but asleep. And they laugh. They laugh because they know. He hasn't seen her. He'll have to see her to know for himself. She's only dead, not sleeping. And then he said to Jairus, have faith. Trust me. I can do something about this. I will. He goes in with the parents and three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. All the others are put out. He takes the young girl by her hand and says, little girl, I say to you, get up. He doesn't say to her, little girl, I say to you, wake up. 
He says to her, little girl, I say to you, live. He spoke a direct word to her. As he would speak a direct word later to Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth, live. Little girl, I say to you, live. And the little girl gets up and walks. And Jesus says a remarkable thing to the parents. Don't tell anyone about this. And give her something to eat. Don't tell anyone about it. My God, he wanted to tell the whole world. He wanted to throw the biggest party he could ever, ever throw to celebrate that his daughter who was dead is now alive again. This daughter who was now lost is found. Does that sound familiar to you folks? Another story that Jesus told about a father whose son was lost and found dead and alive. He killed a fatted calf for his son and threw a magnificent party. This father would want to have the same kind of party and probably threw one. At that point, I don't think he said would, would, have, would have taken in Jesus' words at all. Don't tell anyone. He had to tell the whole world. I would, under those circumstances. And then he said, give her something to eat. He was restoring her to the community of family, to the community of society, and the community of God. Not restoring her, he had done that. And therefore she could come back to the table of the family, to the table of society, to the table of God. A dead person is untouchable. Anathema. Keep away from them. Don't go near them. Don't touch them. And this girl was alive again, restored again. The woman with an issue of blood, restored again to community. With her hemorrhage of 12 years, she was unclean. Don't touch her. Keep away from her. And she is restored. Well, what does all this have to do with you and me? And other, all others of God's people. Well, God is restoring us to community. Community of family. Community of faith. Community of society. Community of the kingdom of God. He's been doing that all of our lives. There are bits and pieces of things that all of our lives have tended to separate us, have worked to separate us. And God has worked and worked and worked and will continue to do, to do so to restore us. It's the same for us. It was for that woman. It's the same for us as for that little girl. And in the end, we will find what it's all about. And along the way, we will discover something of what it's about and in the end find what it's all about. Nothing. God will allow nothing to keep us from Him or Him from us. He will allow nothing to separate us from Him or Him from us. As it was with a woman who finally was made well, a little girl who was raised up from the grips of death, so it is for us. It has been, it is, it will be forever. Amen.